This is the Do Good Podcast, official podcast of the Do Good Collab, where our goal is to bring together entrepreneurs and creatives of all kinds from all different industries, defying the idea that a great community needs to be focused on a specific demographic. In fact, that a great community benefits from the creative sparks of its diversity so that no matter what you're working on, you can join us in our shared mission to do good, improving the world and the quality of our collective lives. In just a moment, you're going to hear my conversation with Michael J. Asquith, who's been widely known as a global solutions leader working for Asian headquartered companies architecting mid to large size global business powerhouses, all from his Chicago-based office. We talked all about how to collaborate in multicultural environments. Super cool. Let's get right into it. So happy and glad, Michael, that you're here today on the Do Good podcast. And I'm really excited to talk with you all about the multicultural work that you do that's very interesting to me i haven't had somebody on the podcast yet that works specifically in multicultural environments and that's something that beyond industry diversity which i think is something that i I press a lot on the podcast in terms of creative sparks coming out of industry and talent diversity but just cognitive diversity in general like the fact that when you spend your whole life in on the other side of the world, yeah. your head, your head's going to be in a little bit of a different place, but yep. that makes room for, I I'd think more creative sparks when it comes to collaboration, if you can get that right. So I completely think you're onto something uh, with that for sure. I mean, uh, to kind of give you a little bit of background growing up here, business wise, uh, working in the financial district in Chicago, um, I started working very young with, uh, overseas clients that were in the middle East. Uh, so it was, it was really sweet because I started to learn a lot about culture that way and um, developing basically uh, brokerage companies overseas, had to even traveled to Syria uh, before it was uh, war-torn. Um, so I actually like uh, brought on a brokerage company um, out in Syria, Damascus, Syria. Um, and so then I, um, I started getting into this, this uh, industry that I'm in right now, which is localization, translation, globalization. And I worked, I was lucky because I worked in an office space where it had uh, a lot of different cultures and people from the Middle East and people from Asia and people from here and working in the environments with those individuals, you know, and being able to collaborate and and work on projects together, you know, really be able to support the global growth of, of organizations. And so I'm still doing that today, diversifying as well and doing a lot of other things as well. You said you've done a lot of work in the Middle East and in Asia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where are the challenges working in multicultural environments? Not only that you've noticed yourself, but that you have ideas for where there's room for improvement. How? how yeah, yeah I think those? that's an awesome question. I think the key to me is is being emotion, uh, open and also having emotional intelligence with things. Okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. I think there's a lot of barriers when you're working in kind of a traditional a uh, kind of business environment, um, cor- like a corporate, you know, culture. Can you say more about that? Like yeah. Corporate culture kind of being closed off. That's yeah. Because I've I've seen that before, but I I've had that same thought. Like, why does it have to be that way? Is that is that necessary? Is it starting to change in your eyes? I, I think so. I think it comes from leadership. You know, I think 
it's really up to them to be open to ideas and situations and create an environment where people feel comfortable. The organizations in the U.S. that I've seen in situations where it's not as diverse, I feel like there's not enough like uh, passion. It, there's there's too much entitlement. There's not like you know someone on a Sunday like we are right now having conversations about business or about culture. Instead, it's, it's you know, okay, I want to work nine to five. There's not kind of that camaraderie of, hey, if, if I don't do my job, then the other individuals within the organization have to have to take over. And, Pick and, up the slack. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that should be that way as like kind of a family if you look at it that way. But you also have to be self-aware and you have to be aware of everybody else and what their situations are. You think that in a lot of corporations today, people generally like in very corporate environments, people might not be feel okay totally with expressing their own ideas. Yeah, I do think that there's a lot of that because why? What's the incentive? So unless you unless you offer <laughs> incentives, true. right? They're just going to take your idea and then and then you know make it their own. I mean, I've seen that a bunch of times, unfortunately, in in uh, organizations like people will share ideas. Hey, I have something interesting. It'll be like, oh, cool. And and not giving credit where credit is due, right? Yeah. Like That's big too, and that's where your team is going to believe in you as a leader or not. I, I use a, an example, a gentleman at, at the organization I work at right now is, uh, his name's Akshay, and, and he's, he's, he's fantastic. But the guy knew how to kind of do a lot of data mining and things like that. And then he goes, and I see kind of this potential in him, but he's quiet. That's where I could tell he's quiet, but that doesn't mean he can't lead mm -hmm. or he can't lead in the future or he can't have great ideas. People need to understand, just like cultures, they need to understand individuals and personality types as well. Otherwise, you know, it just doesn't, uh, it doesn't click. It doesn't, it doesn't work. And so I think you extract, and, and now this individual, which I, I'm very happy to see his growth, but he now comes up with creative ideas he didn't even know that he was capable, capable of maybe of coming up Ma yeah, yeah maybe yeah, yeah. yeah and that's that's what's great and then now he's feeling like okay self-assured at the company because and and they see him that way as well and then they see him as a, a trusted kind of advisor as well so like if you're giving credit and you're sitting there and you're like hey you know Matthew had this great idea and this is what where this kind of stemmed from and then we worked on it collaboratively well cool to me that's like that's what it should be about to me, it seems like giving credit isn't that difficult, that it's more of a mindset thing. Yeah, I believe that that's like almost like an insecurity. So when people are actually not giving credit, to me, that's not doing the organization or whatever your objective is any justice because it's not going to create more collaboration and more innovative thought processes, period. At the end of the day, that, that's, that's who you're working with. I mean, you're with them a lot. I actually want to dig in a little bit more yeah, into please. this. But how can very corporate organizations potentially change their process so that their employees feel more open and enthusiastic about sharing their creative input what do you think the larger benefits are of empowering your employees in that way yeah i mean there's obvious you know uh benefits because you know everything's so ultra competitive right and so every industry you've got to get even that much more of a competitive edge and that to me is through uh, that collaboration. What I think you can do is it's communication and what your expectations are with your employees and what you're trying to do is what I think organizations, especially on a larger scale, 
need to do more of. And, and you're seeing that especially with like the big Google and Microsoft and, and they're doing a really good job extracting, you know, those types of ideas out of the situation and being able to figure out ways to kudos those situations. But I still think a lot of companies are still a little bit uh, behind the times when it comes mm-hmm. to those types of things, for sure. And then there's a lot of individuals that just seek to be nothing more than pegs on the wheel. I think you also have to make sure that when you're going through the hiring process that you're finding people who actually have ambitions. Actually have some kind of vision. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, whether it's your vision or not, they're going to add something to the tapestry, as I say. Whoa, super quick intermission. If you're looking for a great website and brand identity that turns heads and converts, check out oheni.com. That's O-H-E-I-N-E.com to schedule a free consultation. Mention the Do Good Podcast and you will receive 10% off your first project. Oheni, by the way, designed the Do Good logo and icon. He's super cool and he'll do you right. Okay, right back to the podcast. So what do you think makes a great work culture in general? Within a lot of companies I see, large ones, that there's a lot of kind of internal competition which isn't necessarily a bad thing yeah but if it's rooted in like you said insecurity where i need to be on top of the people around me in the hierarchy i need to be on top of the status that creates a competition that isn't maybe very effective for the organization as a whole it might benefit me as an individual yeah, I think there's a lot. I mean, I'm in my industry as an example, translation localization, in those uh, scenarios and situations, you know, I can see it when I go to, you know, an industry event where there's a lot of different companies that are there that are all competitive, but yet they still stay friendly. They still collaborate on some things. They still connect, kind of leverage situations to help each other out in some cases. At the same time, you know, I think that I think that you can't be naive to the competitiveness of of a lot of different things. Of course, Whether yeah. there's a lot of nuances there, you really have to find that right mix in order to have the most successful business environment for your organization uh, or for yourself in those situations. And I think that comes with, like I said, kind of an open environment, but also communication is key. It doesn't matter culturally, like, and the differences in, in what they hold dear to them in those situations mm-hmm. and, and what incent- you know, what motivates them. In your experience, how have you tried to cut through the fog or the BS to find out what it is that the people you're working with really want, what, what their incentives are? Yeah, I'm pretty blunt. I kind of approach it that way. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, look, I'm not here to judge. I don't care what, like, but I'm also here if you need me and you want to talk about anything, it doesn't matter whether it's business related or not. Come to me, feel comfortable that I'm not going to violate that trust, right? And that I'm going to do whatever I can to understand your situation. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't work. Dope, dope. Can we talk a little bit more about translation, localization? What is this kind of work that you do? I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around it. You're not, but... you're, you're not the first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the simplest way, as I always uh, kind of put it, is it's like basically helping companies go global. You and I had some previous discussions, and you, you asked specifically about like the word localization. Localization is nothing more than just cultural adaptation, right? So it's mm-hmm. not really, so you got translation. It's like taking got, a company's product or service and then having it become relevant to whatever 
whatever Other target market that is. Okay. Yes. It could yes. be like Billy's medical device and you help them adapt the way they market it by reframing their content. Absolutely. But it's also culture. the product itself. So sometimes there's famous stories about, I think it was like GE or one of those companies where it was too expensive to sell the product that they were selling in India or in these other countries. So they had to come up with a whole new product or it's a derived product from an existing product, mm -hmm. but it's something that's pared down, maybe to make it more affordable, maybe whatever, maybe it's not gonna be relevant to that particular culture or market. You know, what organizations look to us to understand and architect localization programs, because this is not something that happens once. It's not something where you have a, a document where you're like, okay, I need this translated into Japanese. Yeah, sure, that happens. But then there's more sophisticated types of solutions that need to be created. So yeah, yeah. you've got courses, and then you have to dub the voiceover, and then you have to do it in different languages, and then you have to find the vo right voiceover talent. And then on top of that, you know, you have to make sure that certain courses and the way that they're delivered won't even be relevant to certain cultures. And it's also we learn differently, right? We're Western, and we're taught to question, right? Whereas other cultures, like especially Asian cultures, the way that they learn, they expect the person delivering the information to be the know-it-all, right? So if they don't teach in that kind of way, let's say it's a, a Western person teaching a class to a bunch of Japanese people, there's going to be a lot of issues with that because a Western teacher is going to want to kind of challenge them to ask questions, whereas... And they're just going to expect them to feed them the absolute if you don't know that yes but i believe some of those status quos can be challenged please tell us about project that you're working on that is adopting these ideas that's implementing them to help us help us all collaborate a little bit better imagination society is 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 basically paid collaboration but that's the concept the idea though is that that can come from anywhere and this is where I think the next frontier of disruption will be, is in the creative agencies. They probably would not like me even saying that, right? I don't see it as a, a freelance type of situation, you know, nothing uh, against Upwork. At the same time, it's, it's a freelancer who I pay 50 bucks to, to give me a logo for a company or concept idea. Right now, I'm, I'm primarily focused on my uh, 60, 65 hour uh, a, a week jobs or, you know, uh, in, in globalization. Yeah. Wow. That's your full, your super full-time job. You know, other than watching the Chicago Cubs and baseball and hanging out my, with my wife and my dog, uh, pretty much, you know, I live, live and breathe business what do you think is going to take to get from the concept where it's at today to some kind of early version off the ground? And what do you need to do to make that happen? And how can people listening potentially support you in making that happen? I think it's going to take money. <laughs> so, yeah. so, you know, you got to have a lot of money because, and you got to have a lot of belief in it, right? And, and I think it's the combination of the two. I'm hopeful that people will buy into the idea as, as I hope to buy into other people's ideas in the same type of way. Kind of to wrap this up, I yeah. want to get your take on what you think makes it so that it's easier for us in work environments to collaborate in a in a productive way, in a way that uh, embodies these things we're talking about of cross-disciplinary, cognitively diverse creativities coming out of those mixes of people. How can we all do a little bit better to maybe be less in that of 
in that competitive rigid mindset and more of a open collaborative approach to our work yeah i think that's a, a great question I, I and full circle to what we kind of talked about a little bit from the beginning was i think you have to have openness and i think that you know that comes with just being able to kind of you know understand how to motivate people in the right type of way it doesn't matter really what it is culturally it really matters how can you extract the best out of your your team and whether that's local or whether that's global and it's virtual or it's in the same office and then um, you know really find some com- common ground because otherwise how are you going to gel as a team you're otherwise you're going to be very selfish in the way that you are trying what you're trying to achieve and then you become very siloed in that way as well yeah yeah definitely well michael is there anything i did not mention that you'd like to talk about no i i really appreciate the 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 time and i I absolutely believe like you know everything that um you're trying to to do here uh, locally in chicago i think sounds like a great idea and and anything i can do to support it um i'm i'm all about it um like I've, i've told you before so no i think it's excellent so cheers. thanks so much michael just share the podcast when it comes out yeah oh yeah cheers all man. right cheers thanks. man have a great day thank you whoever you are wherever you are thank you so much because every single listen counts and if you know anyone who you think would benefit or might start taking action based on what you just heard Sharing is caring. Every time you share an episode, it really does push the needle forward for the Do Good collab so that we can push the envelope and continue to create a truly collaborative, cognitively diverse ecosystem of passionate people ready to do good. Tune in in five days.